0: Good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time of this recording. This is episode 24 of the Restricted Zone Podcast, and I'm with my fellow co-host today. I'm with Kyrie. Introduce yourself, man. Introduce yourself. Yo, yo. What's good, everybody? Yes, sir. We got Magic Mar Magic. Go ahead. Introduce yourself, man.
1: What's up, everybody? How y'all doing?
0: Yes, sir. We got Chris. Chris in the building. K-Mac. Go ahead. Introduce yourself, man. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? And we got the OG here, man, one of the originals. He's coming back. He says he feels like a guest. We're going to go my man, <laughs> jay <laughs> Jonah, go ahead and introduce yourself, Jonah.
2: How are you guys doing, man? It's glad to be back. Yes, um, sir. Yeah, yeah, I took a little hiatus, but, you know, I'm getting back into the things, man.
0: Listen, man, and you know, it's all good things, man. It's a new year. I'm starting off with some... Some great vibes. So this episode is going to be strictly football, man. We're going to touch on a lot of football and the next episode will be football, too. So for this particular episode, we will be talking about Doug Peterson getting fired, man, and what that means for the Eagles moving forward and how does that change the quarterback uh, situation with uh, Carson and Jalen Hurts. We're going to also recap some of our predictions from in the wild card weekend on Saturday and Sunday. And we're going to give our own takeaways on what was the best game and what made that game so memorable for each and every one of us. And then last but not least, we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson and the potential trade. The the potential teams he could get traded to, what team would be the best team uh, suited for him. So we're going to go ahead and start off with uh, the wild card weekend, man. We had some predictions. We had uh, some people making the bets. So. The Colts and Bills, everyone had the Bills besides, uh, wait, Jonah, I just want to throw this out there. Who would you have chosen, you know, hindsight 2020, but I just want to throw this out there. Who would you have chosen between, obviously, the Bills and Colts? Who would you have chosen? Would you have oh, chosen no, I mean, building the
2: Bills? It's, it's been a quarter of a century that since they've been in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> since they won a the division, since they've hosted a playoff game, since they won a playoff game, etc., cetera, et cetera, Like It's been so long. like. If there's any franchise that's more deserving of this right now, it's the Bills. Like we know the Chiefs, they waited a long time for it. We waited a long time for it. The Bills have waited a long time for it. You know, we already know the history, so yeah. Like I, I knew there will be there will be some extra motivation coming into Saturday. Um, the Colts, they are a good team, but yeah, I had the Bills. All right. <laughs> All right. So
0: I mean, so everyone else had the Bills besides Chris. He picked the Colts. Uh, I mean, I just want to give everyone take on that game inside, you know, in particular, like, so what about that game stood out to you guys? I mean, you guys talk to me. Just let me know what's going on. I mean, Chris, you want to go ahead since you – uh, go ahead, Chris. I mean, like I said, the only, I think the only reason the Colts really lost that game is because they just didn't capitalize on the opportunities that they had to make big plays. So, again, for example, when Josh Allen was dropping the ball down the field, he threw back-to-back interceptions, Take, well, no, he didn't. I'm sorry. He threw an interception in one play. It was called back because of all size penalty. Then the very next play, it should have been another interception, but the guy dropped the pass in the end zone. And not only that, but on fourth and goal, Jacoby Brissett, beautiful, nice pass to Michael Pittman, dropped it. Uh, those three, I mean, if they get interception, they score that touchdown. It's a totally different ball game. And I think the Colts, I think somewhat did what I expected them to do. Um, like I said, they both teams scored between 20 and 30 points, which I thought was gonna happen. Uh the Colts were able to stop them at times, which I thought was gonna happen. It's just they just missed on the opportunities, not to mention the missed field goal they had. So they left what 10 points off the board right there. They scored 10 points, they would have won. They only lost about three. Right, right. And I, uh, I mean, so it's not it's not like I was I'm I mean, okay, the Bills won and I know they were the fairs, but I technicals were my various reasons and i mean even though they lost they still put up a good fight they could have won though in my opinion no definitely like you said you gave sound arguments think. yeah like what chris was going from he gave some sound arguments in the previous episode and the following up with uh what chris said you know it wasn't like some major beat down you know it was a close game uh uh, so uh Allen himself, he threw for 324 yards and two touchdowns, and Phillip Rivers threw for 309 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, so I mean, Kyrie, so what's some of the takeaways you could talk about from this game? You know, obviously. You
3: um know. so to me, if you're looking at the stats alone, it looks like like the coach should have won that game. Like they led them in yards, they led them in like the time of the possession and stuff like that, and they had more first downs than them. They had they they seemed like they had like total control of the game, but to me, it showed that Josh Allen has the perseverance, and along with the weapons around him, to kind of to kind of keep the boat afloat when things go wrong like that. I, I don't. I doubt that they were expecting the uh, the Colts to give him a fight as much as they did. But I think it showed that Josh Allen and um his supporting cast were were like they weren't necessarily up to the task at first. But like I said, they kept the they kept the boat afloat, and um they kept playing their game, and they they eventually won
0: definitely and that's that you know and that's true in a sense too i mean i want to swing it up to Jonah too man Jonah, I mean, what was your what was your thoughts and takeaways from that game itself
2: yeah um well first of all i felt like this game in my opinion was just like the most entertaining game of the weekend i felt like this was like the most competitive game um yeah and to chris's point the colts they're miscues um Wow, I mean, you, you bring up the missed opportunities on the interceptions. To be fair to Josh Allen at first interception, uh, it was a free play. Um, defender jumped offside, so he just kind of just, just took a chance on that. But yeah, there were dropped interceptions. There were, you know, poor decisions by Frank Reich to go for two. There were missed field goals by Blankenship. Um, so th- both teams played well enough to win, but the Colts, with their mistakes in the end, um, it cost them
0: all right, no, and definitely. Uh, a lot of like so a lot of people feel like the game, you know, it was pretty competitive, you know. You know, it goes back to what everyone was saying. I mean, Mar, I mean, what's your takeaways from the and Bills games? I mean, what's your thoughts? Was it the quarterback play? Was Was
1: it one Um, well, I mean, I had the Bills winning because I'm a fan of Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, right? I like, what they I like what they have, and I like them individually, but um. The Colts, they put up a fight, which I thought they would because they do have a nice defense. But Phillip Rivers, he did more because me and Chris talked about it before, like, before the game. He said all Phillip Rivers has to do is just, you know, uh, just, like, basically chew the clock, you know, possess possess the ball during the clock out. And that's what they were doing. They were doing it perfectly fine. And he did more than that. Like he did extra. He He did – he really played a great game for that to be, like – potentially his last game so i wasn't really impressed by the bills like as i should have been but i mean they won and like chris said the colts could have won they just had missed opportunities so i think the bills are just gonna have to like go back and look at this because they know that uh, they can do better in the game the game shouldn't have been like out of their favor to where they almost could have
2: lost quick question you guys think that phil rivers is none like do you think he's just do you think he has any more left in the tank, or do you think that was like his swan song?
0: Oh, it's over. Mean, it's it's over. Over. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: over. Yeah, I think right. he's
3: done too. But I think it depends on uh, like what kind of looks he gets in free agency. If he gets like a good look at free agency, he can land himself like on a nice team. I feel like he'll run, he'll run it back. I that
2: that Frank play. Wright wants him back though. He wants him back for one more year. And it it, it sounded like in his post game quote that like in his post game uh press conference, like it sounded like he had like some regret maybe, and maybe, you know, he could have done more in his career. And he was thinking about his 2008 loss in the championship game to Brady and the Patriots. So it well, sounds like he's going to take one more shot at it. I don't know.
0: I mean, I mean, if he does decide to, you, know, you know, keep playing, you know, he's looking at Tom Brady and other quarter, like Drew Brees, those guys are playing in like their 40s. I mean, I I don't see, I mean, Phillip, I mean, if the defense is strong enough to carry him where he does he's not really the main focus. I mean, uh, hey, who knows? He, he he could do something. I mean, but, yeah, I think it's time for him to just, you know, be analysis and still, and still be with the sport he loves. So we're going to go to the next game. We're going to go on another game on Saturday. The Rams and Seahawks, a lot of you guys were iffy on this. You guys didn't know it was really a toss-up between you guys. I mean, so what's some takeaways from that game you guys could tell me? I mean, go ahead, Jonah. You could tell me about the Rams and Seahawks game. Nobody wanted to no one had their own prediction. I had a prediction. Oh wait, that's right. You had the um you had the Seahawks.
1: Sure didn't. Sure did not, sir. Who'd you have, Mark? I mean if it wasn't the
2: Seahawks, the Rams maybe little
1: lamb, I don't know. <laughs> but
2: I so mean I I picked the Seahawks just solely based off of history. Like, just – all right, like, they've won how many playoff games in a row at home? Like, they won, like, what, 10 in a row at home, and the 6-0 with Pete Carroll at home in the playoffs. I'm like, yeah, there's no fans, but it's still that – just, like, that similar environment, you know. I don't know. But the Rams, they were feeling, you know, a little extra motivated. They're playing with a backup quarterback, John Wolford, um, you know. They felt like they're on the road, you know. They really kind of have nothing to lose, and they just pinned their airbags. Like their defense just pinned their ears back, and they got at the Russ. And we talking about let Russ cook? Like no, get him out the kitchen because he went 11 for 27, only a buck 74. He had two touchdowns, but one came in garbage time to DK. DK caught both touchdowns. He was the only receiver making plays on Saturday. So um, yeah, it was like their defense just went after it and they proved me wrong. I mean, I guess the Seahawks just didn't take them seriously. And I I mean, I hope not because Pete Carroll, you know, with a veteran coach like that and a veteran quarterback, you know, you shouldn't, but that's what it felt like. It felt like the Rams offense was just not ready. They missed so many third down plays. Russ was like attacked by the D line. It was just
3: horrible.
0: And definitely coming off from what Jonas said. I mean it's like so do any of you guys agree with like with what Jonas, you know, takeaways and outlook was on that game. I mean, do you guys agree with that? Do you think that was
3: really the case? As far as Russ, yeah, he, he just simply didn't step up to the plate. And a lot of that is attributed to attributed to um the Rams defense, the number one rake defense. Um they had Leonard Floyd and and uh Aaron Donald just going right after him, they, and they sat, the Rams sacked him for a total of five times. So it was they just made it hard for uh, Russ to get into a rhythm, and that's all they had to do really, because the Seahawks they they can't really rely on their defense to keep up in the game. So I think that's what the Rams did a good job of doing was containing uh, Russell Wilson. That was like that was the key, in, uh, in getting this win.
0: All right, Mar, to, to the winner of that prediction matchup, you got any thoughts on that, <laughs> on that particular game, Mara?
3: Bro, I said the
1: Seahawks had no chance once we beat them, bro. I've been saying <laughs> that for the longest. Once we beat the Seahawks, I said, I said, I don't believe in them in the playoffs.
2: <laughs>
1: it was that simple. And then the Rams are just the Rams. Like, like I said, once we beat them and then you try to go up against Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and plus they're the number one defense, it's not going to go well.
3: Yeah, and I think that's been the Seahawks problem all season was like just their unpredictability. Like Russ, they like they got off to a good start. Russ was an an MVP candidate. And then like just through like midway through the season, they just lost it. And like they were they were just inconsistent on both sides of the uh both sides of the field.
0: Man, I remember uh Russ coming into a game, he was wearing the Mamba, he was wearing the Mamba jersey. Was that the game he walked into the Mamba Mamba jersey or no? Was that part of it? Cause he he was going in there oh, with the whole mama
3: mentality.
0: That was. He he was going in with the whole mama mentality. I remember seeing him like, oh, he he ready to go off. He got the mama mentality on. But uh, you know, I guess the job wasn't done. I mean, Chris. I mean, what's your thoughts on on that, man? I'm a fan of Cam Akers after <laughs> that game. That man had a coming out party, and he exposed the Seahawks defense. I mean, they are they were already. Suspect as is, but he, he exposed what was left of him. <laughs> we exposed what was left of him. Oh man. Oh we, oh, we did. Oh man, I guess it wasn't that much to begin with then. Oh, it wasn't. Listen. I, I mean you think they'd be you think they would be better when them having three pole balls on the defense, but nah. I guess, yeah, some things just weren't meant to happen, I guess. I mean, so we're
2: gonna move on. To also, the- hold on, before we move on, shout out to Jared Goff. Twelve days oh, after. I was about to say that.
0: Shout out to G. He, he
2: balled out, man. He, he wasn't supposed to be in that game.
0: I know. mean, a lot of people give him flag for the Super Bowl performance, but he's the guy who's one to tough it out. He's mm-hmm. one to tough so, it out. It's time to
3: tough it out. So, so I, I this last episode. What do y'all see him doing next game against the Packers with that finger?
0: Whoa, Mar, you want to well, take that, man? Deal. You want to
1: take that, Mar?
3: <laughs> you will have another week. What you want me to like, – what,
1: what, what do you expect me to say? <laughs> I don't know, Mar. <laughs> I feel like I have Packers winning. I I have have the Packers winning. I'm a fan of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I I told you, like I have the Packers winning the Super Bowl. All right, Packers winning
2: Super Bowl. All
0: right, so feels like
2: every is it just me or does it feel like every like like, top team in the NFC just feels iffy? Like every like like, 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 Like who like all the top teams just just feel like they didn't. Who I need a name. (laughs) Tampa Bay Tampa yeah like every just how like it's Brady
0: (laughs) that's all you need Mark just Brady duh I mean yeah it's Brady but you see the football team stayed in the game that's cause they cause drop
1: cause Godwin dropped three passes.
0: It three. was one of just cause Godwin <laughs> dropping passes that they stayed but in I'm the game. He
2: dropped
1: three. That's what I'm this saying. Is a good segue. That's the next if they, game. If they don't drop passes, they they score more points. I mean, it was a close game. Yeah, right. The, I'm the, the Washington football team fought hard, but I'm saying if they don't if they don't drop those passes, it's over with. It's not
2: close. All right, you said Tampa. So who else? Every team in the NFC, like, every, like, top contender in the NFC, they just had moments where they just looked iffy. I had the, had the
0: Packers had their moments where they, like, uh, were they, like, iffy to you, Johnny?
2: Yes, they did. Absolutely. The Tampa game.
1: Okay, that's it? Is that all you have for me is one game? Are we really going off of one games now? I mean, uh, yeah, to, that
0: That's that in the Indianapolis game, too. I look at that one.
1: I mean, what did that game go to overtime? No, it didn't. Well, well it did, but no, no, did, did,
0: did, no, no, it did. Good, but, again, the the fact that they didn't Bay. score a touchdown in the second half at all, like they got shut out in
2: the second half. <sighs> Sounds fair. All right. I mean, it's, for right. Dalvin Cook going for three touchdowns on 163 yards and Lambo. So I'm just saying, like, I'm the Packers are the best team in the NFC, but I'm just saying they haven't looked. Perfect this year. I mean, this team is perfect. The The Chiefs look look
1: bad. bad. The Chiefs look bad. They they just won the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah. So the teams in the AFC aren't iffy. Every team is iffy. Every team is iffy. But I'm just highlighting the NFC because we're just talking about the NFC. That's fair. That's fair. That
1: makes sense. Then okay, every team's okay. All right. So we so
0: like I said, back to the Rams and Seahawks. Uh, uh, besides Joni. Yeah, uh, I don't really see Jared Goff. I mean, unless his injury e. hills, you know, gets significantly better. I mean, he's still Packers. Uh, you know, still Packers W. But uh, um, yeah. So what do you guys? So so far, we go to the next game. We go to the Buccaneers and the Washington football team. I mean, what was your thoughts? Actually, can you guys give like a little recap of your predictions between the Buccaneers and Washington team? Give a little recap for those tuning in now. So I think we all have. So a, so I think everybody picked Tampa. I'm, I'm Everyone, all right. Here. Everyone all, right, all right. So Tampa beat the Washington football team. So what was some of the takeaways from that game itself? Like because the score was thirty-one to twenty-three, you know, like what was what was some of your thoughts on on that game particular? Go ahead, Chris. I mean, I like the future of the Washington football team. And whoever this quarterback was, Taylor Hanksy, I'm a fan of him now. Yeah, he I'm threw a for a touchdown. He threw for one interception. He threw for over three hundred and six yards. He hey. sure he can play. And I mean, I mean, the Buccaneers did win, and I mean, they look sloppy at times. But I mean, they got the job done. I don't know if that's gonna work this weekend, but because mm. mm. again, they're facing because they, now they're facing team they haven't beat yet this year. The two thousand did play them. They looked horrible.
2: Oof! I can't wait for the last. The NFL is their pants over this one, bro. <laughs> Brady and Breeze might be Breeze's last game, his last year.
0: Nah. So, mm. Like I like I
2: said, it's, they can't they can't play how to get, play against
0: Washington against the Saints because that's not going to fly.
2: Yeah. All definitely. I can say is just take the over on that game, but I can't give you a clear winner. Hmm, just take the over.
0: We can't mm-hmm. give a clear winner. Okay. I, I mean, so what? I mean, Kyrie, what's some of the takeaways you want to get about the uh, Tampa Buccaneers and the Washington Football Team? Um, Chris pretty
3: much hit my main point: the fact that they they play sloppy in a game like this, and they didn't really dominate the, uh, a game like this, which we all expected. Like we, nobody expected the Washington Football Team to even be in the playoffs this year. They only got in because the NFC East was so bad. Yeah. So, um, my thing is, like Chris said, the they haven't beat the New Orleans Saints at all this season in their, in their two matchups, and they were completely exposed each time. So you can't take the you can't take the momentum from this game into that game. You have to have like a completely different mindset but a, and a completely different edge to at, least, to at least give them a run for their money. Because from what I've seen them playing the Saints this year, I don't see them winning this game.
0: Mm, okay, we're definitely going to touch on next week's games in the next episode too. So definitely save. Uh, don't comment too much on your predictions for next week. But uh, uh, Mara, so what's some of the takeaways from the Tampa Buccaneers and Washington Football Team? No, in your eyes, like what were some
1: of the takeaways from that game? Um, well, basically everybody said it. Well, I already said it. Washington fought hard. It was a closer game than I thought it was gonna be, but they really fought hard. Cause I wasn't gonna watch the game at first, but I like how everybody's saying since they didn't look so good. I know they lost to the like the Buccaneers, lost to the Saints twice. But like I said, all you need is Tom Brady in the playoffs, and he has weapons. But since everybody's saying the Buccaneers look sloppy against Washington, the Saints only put up what like 27 28 and they only scored 14 in the second half. They can't do that against the Bucks, so no, that's I'm, true. I'm, I'm, I'm with all the smoke. Like, I'm trying, that's, I'm trying very,
0: to... that's very true. They look, they, look, they look bad too. They just played Man. a really bad team. Hey,
2: you know what? That's that's the point I made earlier. Like, every team just looks iffy. I mean, I guess the Packers. I guess I never
1: believed in the Saints, like you said, but go go ahead. Go ahead.
2: No, you got
1: it. Like you said, I was going by history. Like when you went with the Seahawks, they were winning. But go to the Saints history. I mean, Kirk Cousins. And then I mean, like when, when is when when was Drew Brees? Have like he's had good seasons, but when has he really turned it up in the playoffs previously compared to Tom Brady?
0: All right, that's that's pretty sound. That's pretty sound. Um. All right. So I mean, Jonah, what's your what's your? I mean, besides you saying, you know, what what was your thoughts? I mean, made? there's not
2: much more to say. It's just like, yeah, Washington got in on a technicality, you know. I like to call like tank division. They won tank division because it, it felt like every team was tanking, even though they were actually competing. They were trying to win, which is sad. But it just, I don't know. So yeah, they got in, but you know they tried to take advantage of it, tried to, they fought Taylor Heineke, you know, really like kind of like John Wolford back against the wall. Just really, you know, um, nothing to lose anymore. You just, you're seven to nine. There's nothing to lose. He balled out, but um, yeah, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Uh, it's yeah. It's just, I, I can't give you a winner. He's just picked it over. All right.
0: So we go on to Sunday. That was those were Saturday's game. Those were Saturday's games, January 9th. We're going on Sunday. So the Ravens and Titans, 20 to 13. Man. I mean, Lamar Jackson threw for 179 yards, threw an interception. Ryan Tannehill threw a touchdown. He also threw an interception over 165 yards. I mean, what's some of the takeaways from this game? I mean, I definitely want to hear your thoughts on this one. It was another game you guys were kind of like. Uh, I definitely want to swing this off to uh, Kyrie. But so what you think, Kyrie?
3: Um, so this is actually one of my favorite games of the weekend, just because the atmosphere of the game. We we all know that the uh the Titans eliminated Lamar in the uh, in the Ravens last uh last playoffs. So and they definitely have some tension between each other. Uh, we seen it in the middle of this season too. Um, I believe when the uh, Titans that danced on their field after they won. So, yeah. uh, so this. That that's why this game was so attractive to me, because it, it really that was one of the few games that gave like a real like playoff type atmosphere. But um my thing is I'm happy Lamar Jackson got his first playoff one, but he can't keep playing like that where he's he's not really throwing the ball well and he's not throwing the ball enough. I feel like he's gotta be able to use his targets and not rely completely on their running game to uh to outscore opponents. Their defense held up because they held they held Derrick Henry to only I think what well, like forty something yard like 40 yards. And I I expected him to have a big game, but like like I was saying, they they relied a lot on their defense and their run game to, to squeak past them. It, it wasn't hard. I mean, it wasn't easy, but um it's not gonna be easy next round either.
0: All right, that no, that's definitely Sam. I mean, uh so I mean Jonah, what was some of the takeaways showing from that game? You know, because I, I definitely love what Kyrie said about the atmosphere. That's one thing that was definitely appeasing. I mean, what, what, what's another thing you want to add about the game? What's takeaways from the game?
2: It just kind of felt like, like, besides the whole, you know, sorry about that. Besides the whole, like, logo, you know, fiasco drama going on, you know, the narrative going into the game, really, it, it was like Derrick Henry versus the Baltimore Ravens rushing offense. It kind of felt like Thanos and the Avengers. Like, that's what it felt like. And <laughs> the Avengers won. You
0: know. That's a
2: good match. Derrick, he was he was neutralized to just 40 yards, and the Ravens as an offense rushed for over 200. Lamar, of course, rushed for 136. Um, and although that's encouraging to see, is like to the contrary, you know, that interception he threw, like that throw, that that ball, just specifically, like it was just brutal. Like that was just a really bad throw. He did come back with a nice throw on the next drive, but. You know, he he has to be more consistent. And, yeah, you know, his completion percentage was nice. It was 70%, but, you know, the yards weren't there. It felt like they were relying too much on the run game. He's, you know, once – because the Bills next week, not to, like, jump ahead, but they're going to be ready for that. They're going to be ready for the run. So you're going to have to find different ways to win, different ways to score. And – you know, yeah, you won. You finally, you know, got your first playoff win after your MVP. But what else can you do for me? You know,
0: sounds fair. No, and I definitely I agree with I agree with your points on that one. I mean, Chris. I mean, what what are some of your thoughts? Like, so, so does it kind of align to what Jonin and uh, Kyrie was saying earlier, or you have your own set of thoughts on on the game? It kind of aligns. I think the biggest takeaway for me that I got from that game was definitely the run defense of the Ravens. They, they really look like a num- like one of the best rushing defenses that I've seen. Well, I've seen this year. They, I can't believe they really shut down their Henry like they did. I was really surprised by that. Cause I, I was expecting to have a big game and um, determine the aspect of it, how the game is going to turn out. And he actually did. Cause he wasn't a difference maker, which is really good. Um, I also agree though. I know Lamar Jackson. He he passed for over 100 yards, but he also ran over 100 yards. But like I said, the Bills, that's not gonna fly when you go to when you going to Buffalo. It's not gonna happen. So he's got to rely on the throwing motions more. I mean, I know he if he were throwing the ball, what we're gonna see it do how it goes. And what's also gonna make it big is since he's not gonna be able to run on the Bills. I mean, Tre'Davious White's gonna be guarding somebody, and they don't really have big name receivers. So they also got Michael Hyde in that secondary, so we're gonna see what adjustments the Ravens have gonna have to make because they need to make some adjustments. They're gonna be able to compete. Right. Okay. And and, and Mar, tell talk to me, man. Well, I mean, what what what's your thoughts on the on that game overall?
1: You know. Well, um, when you hold Derrick Henry to two yards of carry, you get high praise because he rushed right. for over two thousand yards for the season. So when you neutralize him and you make them have have to use Ryan Tannehill to rely on Ryan Tannehill and you can rely on Mark Jackson, I mean, Lamar Jackson running the ball, you're going to win. But just like Chris said, basically everybody, he, he's not going to be able to run the ball like that Um, in Buffalo. he Technically, he shouldn't be running the ball like that in the playoffs and winning anyway, but it happened. So... I think they're gonna they're gonna learn. They're gonna learn from this. They're gonna have to adjust. I think they will. Cause they're, they have a great coach, so I figure they will. And but I, I just don't see them beating the Bills. Hmm.
0: Like all, right. all right. It definitely sounds sound sound. That's very fair. Uh the Bears and Saints. You guys had uh, overall the what was the consensus?
1: The, big ball. the bubble bull.
0: <laughs> listen right. saints and bears man i mean just just talk to me with this one i mean i'm, I'm gonna swing it off to joan and talk to me man. yeah man
2: like like washington um the bears had no business at all being in the playoffs um kind of just got in on the technicality on the fact that the cardinals kind of just blew it at the end um that was supposed to be the cardinal spot and they blew it and the bears i mean congratulations you got in but at what cost like you you got a high draft pick pretty much for no reason. Um, the offense was dead on arrival. Um, I've been saying this to people for years. Like that defense has been carrying them, and it's it's obvious, but it's, it was just more evident that the defense has been carrying that offense for years. And you know, Mr. Trubisky, he's, he's he's trying his hardest. Um, he won he won the MVP. You know, congratulations. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Mitch, I mean, if you had Nick Foles, I mean, I would have went to Nick Foles in the second half. Uh, I thought it, it, it wouldn't make much of a difference, um, but you know, and the drop, obviously was just horrible by whims. Uh, it didn't help, but yeah. They just they didn't belong there, bro. Sad.
0: I mean, no, definitely what you said. I mean, so Mitch Trubisky threw for uh, 199 yards and a touchdown. Drew Brees threw for two touchdowns and 265 yards. I mean, Mark, what's some of the takeaways you want to take away from that game? Like, what was what was some of the things you, about that game that made you say, "Huh, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good game."
1: Oh, um, I can't say that because when he dropped the pass Pez zone, I turned it off. <laughs> I'm so serious. Like when me and Chris talked about it, I told him I said, like, when all the pressure is on you in the playoffs, those are like more than likely those are the harder. Those are to believe it or not, those are like the harder passes to catch. Because everybody expects you to catch it. I mean, you're you're wide open, and it's a playoff game. So like the atmosphere and the intensity and the pressure is on you. So when you're wide open and you drop a pass, like I could see where it's coming from, but I don't even want to watch the game after that.
0: Okay, okay. I mean, I mean, Kyrie, what's your thoughts on that? On <laughs> what Mar just said? It, it, it kind of lines towards it, or, or no?
3: Um, so I, I didn't even tune in much to the game either because I don't I don't like watching the Bears play. Their offense is, like, super like simplistic, and they never do anything special. Like like Jonah was saying, their defense has been carrying them for the past couple of years. Um, so I don't think it was really too much of a test for the Saints. They, they, I don't really know how to explain it. I'm, I'm just not a fan of the Bears. I'm just not a fan of the Bears' play. I, I, I can't, I, can't I, think
2: what I think what you're trying to say is, like, the Saints coasted. Like, they pretty much just coasted through this game. I and mean, yeah. I hate to say that because it's a playoff game, and, you you know, you don't do that in the playoffs. Yeah. But it felt like – because the Saints didn't play their best football either. But the Bears' offense is just so bad. It's like the Saints didn't need to play their best football to win. And I feel exactly. like you are not going to get that next week.
3: Exactly. Especially Alvin Kamara ran under 100 yards. He had, like, like 23, 24 attempts. So, that, that's average. But he's not an average yeah. running back. You, you can't expect that from him in a playoff game, whether it's against the Bears or whether it's against the Packers. Like he, he, has, to, he has to play, he has to play a better game.
0: All right, that. Uh, so I'm gonna swing it to you, Chris. I mean, talk. No one is only pretty iffy on the game overall. I mean, what's your thoughts on it? Well, that game was horrible. Uh, by far, <laughs> it was terrible. The worst the, It was the worst game. It was the worst game in the wildcard. Okay. 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 And I, and I agree with what Jonas said it did. feel like the Saints were kind of coasting through. I feel like maybe if the ball caught the pass in the end zone, maybe maybe the Saints would have played harder. I mean, I, I still can't believe he didn't catch that, Jon. But like Marcy said, he would know better than me about that. But anyway, yeah. I mean, I expected the outcome. I'd, like I said, I'm not really a big fan of watching the Bears play, fo- offense play either. And I really feel bad for Allen Robinson. Hope he goes to a better team. Hope he does. But, I mean... That's what he got to get ready for Tampa Bay, so that's what I really take away
2: from it. <laughs> Free that man. Free that man. This, man. Oh, man.
0: Free that man. All right, we go. I'm going to well, be honest.
2: I-, you know, I watched the whole game. Like, I watched the entire game on Nick. I can't lie to you because I felt you like that game on, wasn't good watch. enough to be watched on CBS. Like, it was just. Now just, not just watching Nick because you feel like it's not good enough to watch on another <laughs> channel. Like, honestly, like, it, it was more entertaining to watch it on Nick. I can't even lie to you.
0: I don't even. Listen, man. <laughs> listen, we go. Nickelodeon. All right, so we're going to go to the last but not least, the final game over the wild card weekend. It was on Sunday. The Browns and Steelers. Man, the Browns, Baker Mayfield. I mean, so we're going to start off with Ben. Ben threw four interceptions one four touchdowns. He threw for 501. Baker Mayfield threw for three touchdowns, 263 yards. I mean, talk to me about this game. This game I'm right starting. Here, Go on this one, Go they, they, this game was over in the first quarter. Mm. I don't care. I, I don't care what Ben did afterwards. He could throw uh, six hundred yards. He wanted to. This game was over in the first quarter after what he did. Because,
2: bro, this if you, look,
0: is if you look like the just the first three possessions that the Steelers have, they didn't do anything, and it was and it wasn't anybody but Ben's fault. Now the first, now the first one of the snap that's that's bad communication. I'm surprised that Pouncey made a snap like that, but those other two times when he. When he chose to the ball for reception, that was all his fault. So, I feel like he put the game out of reach with that, no matter what he did afterwards. I, he put up a great effort in the second half. I, I give him credit for that, but this game was over in the first quarter. So, what about the same side about how you start, it's about how you finish? It doesn't apply to this one or no? I mean, you can want start. see I mean, you I see what
2: happened.
0: You lost. Yeah, how, how, they start, how he started was the reason that they lost. They lost. That 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 starting point was too awful for you to even make Wait, it uh, they were like down four the They were down
2: four yards. scores in the first quarter. Wow. Uh, yeah, the 500 yards, four touchdowns, that don't mean nothing. Right, that me. didn't mean anything. It, you talk about, about how you start game. how you finish. You, how we start was the reason they lost. Hmm. All right. When you get down early, when you turn the ball over that many times in the first quarter, give up that many points in the first quarter, pretty much your whole game plan just gets thrown out the window and you're just firing the ball everywhere. So yeah, he put up yards, he put up touchdowns, but it it was you you're asking to come back from such a large deficit. You're asking for too much. Like it was 35-10 at the half, 29 at the first quarter. This
0: ain't (laughs) mad. This ain't mad.
2: I mean, like, I- like, Claypool and Juju, I think they both went over for 100 yards. It didn't matter because I already knew the situation. Like, it's, they need to keep their mouth shut. Like, the game, honestly, was over when Juju opened his mouth. Browns is the Browns. Like, even if that's what, how you feel, like, why would you say that? Why would you just throw gasoline on that fire before a playoff game?
0: Speaking of Juju, that was the first good game I've seen him play all year. Yeah, like, really oh, good thanks, game. Thanks for throwing that out there, Chris. That was just coming to my mind. Juju was kind of—he's been like, yeah, that's honestly the. I a, think that was his
1: first hundred-yard game. That was
0: his James, first, but, the
1: first, the first, good game he played all year. Wow. He's
2: Again, falling. though, the situation like is Browns are p- playing soft coverage because they had a big lead. Which, like, I
0: mean, it makes sense because obviously, I mean, obviously, I'm not
2: trying to take it away from you know what he did, but I'm just thinking of the situation like it's they were just okay. throwing he been through like over 60 passes. So. Yeah,
0: he did the. I, I will give this is credit for the Browns. They came out with a lot of motivation, but I don't know if they're going to be able to do that next week. Mm. I don't know if they're going to have the same motivation that they had against for the Steelers game. I'm nervous, and I'm nervous, well, and I'm nervous about that. Pool.
2: He's helping them. He,
0: he's giving them motivation. I mean, yeah, he gives him motivation, but remember, it was it was more stuff besides just talking that got him motivated. Not that not like that, but the tough loss in week seventeen, that that get that's extra motivation right there. Especially when you've seen them again and you are going to their house.
2: And like Buffalo, the long it, drop, it, too, like they and four players around in the playoffs since the-
0: right. right. Okay, sounds so, so. all right. So I mean, I want to say up to Kyrie. What's your thoughts on the game, Kyrie?
3: So from the Browns' uh, perspective, I was really happy with Baker Mayfield and that he showed that he's able to lead a team, which has been one of his biggest questions since he came into the league, um, as number one pick, because he lead the Browns' team that's been historically bad for, uh, for, de- uh, for, uh, for decades. Um, I-, I think of one play in particular where it was like a third and long, and I think it was like towards the end of the third quarter, it might have been the fourth quarter, but it was similar to the same play that they ran um, when they were playing the Steelers in the last week of the regular season where Baker, um it was like third and long and they needed a first down to kind of secure their win or to secure their position. And Baker ran the ball himself and got the first down each time. He let it out on the line and it shows me like, yo, he's he's willing to do like whatever it takes to win. And that and that and I was I was proud of that. Like I was really happy to see that. As far as the Steelers go, I feel like they I feel like they exploited their main weakness without the Bears, I mean without the Browns even really trying to without really having to. And it's it shows Big Ben threw the ball damn near 70 times. So to me, they're saying like, yo, we have no confidence whatsoever in our running game or we're just not gonna run the ball. And you you can't do game, you, you can't you can't win games like that. It's simple, like simple as that.
2: Can't I
0: agree with you what you said about that though. A hundred 110 percent with that. I missed a little bit of it toward the end, but I got the gist of what you were saying. Uh, I mean, Mar, what's your thoughts on the you know Browns and Steelers? Just uh, just I'm waiting on you, man. What's what's going on? Talk to me about that.
1: To be honest, I uh, I had the Steelers winning, and what Big Ben did is just is is just terrible. It 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 should be his last game. Like I, it is probably his last game. I expected him to um even though he didn't play Philip Rivers, I expected him to put on a performance like Phillip Rivers. And what he did in the first quarter is just not acceptable. So especially, you think- not, especially not in the playoffs. Mm,
0: now in the coffin, time to hang up the cleats, it's over. But right. wait,
1: but wait, because last episode. I did say I would start a franchise around Baker Mayfield, and like I said, he's doing this without his best receiver. Even if they can't coexist, it's just like just imagine, give him another top ten receiver. Just imagine w- what he can really do. So I'm still standing by my pick, and I don't think they're going to beat the Chiefs. But I think I think uh, Baker, no like he has he has a bright future.
3: Right. I think they're bigger to pass the first round is good enough for them, honestly. Even if they like they do go out, and I, right. I think they're going to give, I think they're going to put up a fight because, like, like Chris was saying, they they had that motivation headed into the Steelers game. And I feel like they're still going to carry that motivation. I personally feel like they're going to carry that motivation into the uh into the Chiefs game because I don't know about the status of their head coach and the other uh, personnel that they are missing. So I think that, I think they're going to bring it. I, I still I still have the uh, the Chiefs winning. But I think they're going to bring it. I think it's going to be a pretty good game.
0: Sounds fair. All right. So that that covers the the recap of the weekend, uh, the wild card weekend. We're going to give our predictions for next week on uh, on the next episode. But for now, we're going to move on. We're going to go to Philadelphia, man. A lot of smoke in Philadelphia, man. Doug Peterson got fired. Yep. He's gone. So, uh, so what's next for the Eagles? What, what head coaching, what head coach are we looking for? And what can we do with Carson Wins and Jalen Hurts? What do we do about that situation? It's still a little bit iffy. Carson Wins wants to be the starting quarterback. Jalen Hurts has been playing. Uh, he's giving them something to think about. But uh, I mean, Jonan, I'm gonna leave this up to you, man. I know you got a lot building up. You know, you've been coming for Doug for the longest.
2: I'm going to swing it up to you, man. This is This is, like, it's a very complicated situation right now. Um, I was conflicted. Like, at first, I heard the news. Like, I kind of just had the feeling of, like, yeah, like, all right, we made a move. Like, we made a, like, all right, institute and change. You know, it, it came two weeks too late, but all right, cool. But I'm like, all right, the job's not finished. Like, there's still one more guy that you need to, um, <clears throat> Jeffrey, like, this. <laughs> There's one more yeah. guy that you need to, you know, send packing and it hasn't happened. And now I'm sitting here like, what's the point? Like, does it, does it even matter that Doug is gone? Like, because. So you,
0: don't, so you don't think Doug is the real issue for why, you know. No,
2: Doug. I mean, I felt like it was time to move on from Doug. Mm. It was time. I felt like it was time. Even though, you know, the Super Bowl, you got to like the three playoff, you know, years back to back two nice. division titles, whatever you know, this year, which is horrendous. And I know you usually don't fire a coach after one bad year, but this, it just feels different. Like, it just, it just feels like. It felt like it should have been done. Like, the, like, cause there's, there was reports that Doug wanted to leave last year because of the whole Mike Groh situation and how, you know, Jeffrey and how he approached them on, you know, and they were like telling him what to do. Like they were like pressuring him to fire Mike Groh. And he was threatening to leave, but he just decided, you know, to just just ride the course anyways. And then now I'm hearing that he wanted to – that ultimately he just decided, like, he doesn't want the job anymore because of Press Taylor. And he was, you know, gearing up to make Press Taylor his offensive coordinator, and they shot that down. And they said, no, we want to move in a different direction. And, then, and now Doug is like, well, if I can't choose my staff, then I don't want to be here. So really, it's kind of it just feels like it, like some sort of power struggle between the three of them. Um, it, it's 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 complicated. So yeah, Doug needed to move on, but Howie Roseman absolutely needs to move on too. Like we need to we need to move on from Howie Roseman. It's it. I'm getting a sense that it's not gonna happen. I had a feeling that it wasn't gonna happen because of the relationship that Howie Roseman has with Jeffrey Lurie. But I'm at the very least you know, personnel responsibilities away from this man, like pronto, like right now, we can't do another draft with this man. All right. No, it sounds completely fair. I mean, Chris. I can, I can, I can go for an hour. So I'm not even, I'm just going <laughs> to. go. Listen, I, man, I, I'm gonna swing it back to you a little bit
0: toward the end. I mean, Chris, what's your thoughts on, you know, Doug Peterson leaving, and How does that change the whole Carson win and the quarterback dynamic with the with the improvements we obviously need to make on the offensive end? I mean, so what's your thoughts on that, Chris? Uh, I think it changes a lot actually. Um, I, I didn't know all the stuff about about the power struggle that Jonah was mentioning, and that I can understand a little bit more why he was let go. I felt like since it was his first bad year, you should give him one more year, see if he can turn it around now. Are the same as this year, or somehow possibly worse? Then I can see you letting him go. But I understand because obviously the same team, the same energy, the same motivation—all that died, all that is gone from the Eagles. So it's not even though they have some of the still a lot of the same players from that Super Bowl Super Bowl team, it's not the same team anymore. And it's and it's fair to start fresh. I think with this coaching change now. I guess, I don't even know who they will bring in, but obviously they got the first thing I do is figure out this quarterback situation and what they show and what's been shown right now through the last part of the season. Now is they now have two starting quality quarterbacks on your team, and but only one of them can start. So, the, and with and with Jalen Hurts, you gave him the confidence to do what he's doing. So now I feel like he believes now what he should that he's a starting that he can start on an NFL team. As he should, but we also know Carson Woods, even though he had a very bad year, very bad year, he's still better than a good number of quarterbacks in the league right now. And he should, he deserves a start on the team. So now it's coming to find out where you're going. You have this quarterback drama you got to figure out. Not only that, but now you got front office drama that you got to figure out. Not only that, now you got personnel and draft and life that you got to figure out for this team because this team is missing a lot, even with this. And to be honest with you, I think the best thing for the Eagles, if they want, is probably since they fired Peterson, time it's just time to clean house maybe. So maybe it is time to move, officially move on for Carson Wentz, even though there were reports that he could stay now. Maybe it's time to trade him. It's time to get rid of Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. It's time to start fresh. Even though you just paid Davis, like, this year's show, like, you guys are not the same team. So it's time to move on. It's time to start fresh. So I think this – I think this is just the beginning of what could potentially be a rebuild for the Eagles. I don't know if it's going to stay that way. I don't feel like they should not be trying to win. Either I feel like they shouldn't be trying to lose as well, like they did in Week 17. Okay. I mean, uh I want to – so So, do you think the Eagles might be heading toward like, a rebuilding type of type – you, you
2: don't have to necessarily rebuild. You just – just re-pool draft correctly, like you don't even like, regardless of where you are in the draft. Like, because last year we had a 20 something pick because we won a division and we had the best available receiver available and we didn't take him, the best talent available at a position of need, and we didn't take him, we took someone else. And then in the second round, you draft a replacement. A potential replacement of a guy you just gave a, a extension to. So I'm saying, like, it's just we're making just odd moves. Um, like <sighs>
0: uh, you, oh you difficult, but that might be more reason why it might just be time to clean house.
2: Yeah, it's now you do. I'm like like you didn't have to at first. You could have just patched you could have patched the holes you know, from guys that left from the Super Bowl team, you could have patched those holes, but now you've dug yourselves in a, such a hole that now you don't really have a choice but to blow it up and kind of start over. Like, Carson, I feel like he, he's probably going to stay now. I mean, there's a higher chance of him staying now now that Doug's gone, because we know the relationship between those two was anything but smooth. So, you know, that might have been a move to keep Carson. Like, if, I think Jeffrey Lurie, he just made a decision between... Doug and Carson and he chose Doug so other than Carson I feel like maybe Zach Ertz he's going to try to campaign to keep Ertz but everyone else I wouldn't be surprised if we started seeing like his role especially in the coaching within the coaching staff as well uh because Jim Swartz I mean he already did the job for them he already you know decided not to renew his contract and just to take a year off so yeah it's, it's looking like a rebuild now Unfortunately.
0: All right. Okay. Sounds fair. I mean, so I want to swing it up to Kyrie. So what's your, you, you kind of was on the lines of not basically in you know rebuild retool. So I want just elaborate on that a little bit more.
3: So now, so now that, uh, so first of all, I'm going to start by saying, um, I agree with Jonah, what he said in the beginning that it, it was, it was a lot of mixed emotions, like when it came to the firing and it just left a lot as an Eagles fan, it left a lot of uncertainty. Certainly, where it comes when it comes to the draft, we have the sixth pick this year. It's easy to, to mess that up, and it's easy to, to draft somebody that's really going to help us turn it around. But at the same time, it comes like to our our quarterback situation. I feel like that falls into like whatever coach that we hire and whatever they see fit in their system. And me personally, I just don't see Carson like get, getting that starting spot back. Um, as far as what Chris and Jonah were saying, as far as a rebuild, I could kind of see, I can kind of see clearer now why like a rebuild would make more sense because like they were saying, there's a lot of holes that need to be filled. And it's just like the whole like atmosphere there just doesn't feel right. And, it, it, and we probably could use a fresh start. So that's why I'm leaning, like I'm heavily leaning more towards uh, Jalen Hurt starting next season and being our quarterback for the future, because he's, he's still new, he's still learning, he's still young. And um, he'll just be able to grow with uh, like younger guys that we built. Like we, we uh, get through the draft and get through free agency. As far as, like, our coaching vacancy, though, I saw that we interviewed um the 49ers defensive uh, coordinator, Robert Sala, who I'm a big fan of, and I would be happy to see him with Philly because he's gonna he can bring that intensity and bring that uh, that passion and that drive and that defensive, like, heavy mindset that I feel like the Eagles have, that Eagles need. We Like, we need that toughness. We just need a coach that everybody can rally around when it comes down to big games or, or it comes down to close games and stuff like that. So I, d- I didn't see Doug really like fitting that role as far as like a, being like a good energy coach and having his team like team rally around him. I think that's where a lot of like the chemistry issues alongside with the injuries, but a lot of the chemistry issues and a lot of like just like everybody just not clicking as far as Carson Wentz and, and Doug and like other like top guys or like other head guys.
0: That's definitely sound. That's definitely sound. I agree with that. I mean, Mar, last but not least, man, just what's your thoughts before we before we go off to, to the final topic?
1: Um, well, I was talking to somebody earlier about this. We were talking about Doug Peterson, but I don't know what he like, I don't know what coach I should go after. But I feel like his time is done. And the per the thing I was talking, the thing I was uh talking about with the person was I said every like every time y'all got rid of coaches, it feels like y'all downgraded. Y'all went from Andy Reid to Chip Kelly to Doug Peterson. So it's like, what are y'all really like? But Doug won the, um he he got the Super Bowl. But I really, I really feel like a big of that goes to um, the defense of Nick Foles. Because Doug's play calling and decision making, it's not really like the brightest or somebody I would go to in a crisis. So I feel like he can probably do better for a different team, like a different system. But I feel like, yeah, the Eagles need to go in a different direction. We're getting rid of Doug. And as far as the rebuild thing, like I, everybody said, I could see why it's necessary. But I don't really think it's really necessary. That's just my opinion.
3: Okay. I could I kind of agree with that, too, because what I was thinking was, like, we're in the NFC East, and we see how bad it was this season, and I'm not, we're not really projecting it to get any better. And I feel like we just got to – we got to beat those – like the other teams to the punch and and contending.
0: No, definitely. And I'm hearing both of your points. Like I said, I don't think the Eagles need to necessarily rebuild. We have the sixth pick in the draft. Uh, they should. They know what they should use it for, what they're coming for, especially the head coach position. Obviously, it comes down to, you know, trying to make Carson Wentz happy, you know, if he still feels like Philadelphia is a home to him, but you know, if not, you know, we we always know how to go about that. But we move on to the final topic Deshaun Watson. He's kind of been happy with the Texans, uh, but in a different situation than Carson. Uh, you know, uh, they've been a lot of they've been making a lot of type of big time decisions without his input. You know, he's getting pretty upset with it. A lot of trading and rumors and etc. cetera has been kind of popping up and tying to his name. I mean, I just wanted you guys to give me, like, what teams you think the Texans could trade him for or what teams you think uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, could go to to maximize what he can do because he is a uh, – some people might view him as a top-five quarterback in the league as of now. Some people say he's top ten. But undeniably, he is a talented quarterback.
1: Can I um, go first?
0: Franchise quarterback. Go ahead, Mar.
1: Um, I um, saw the put
0: the flood to you. My fault. I just want to say that. Uh
1: I would Uh, I saw the reports where they were saying. I saw some, some reports that 49ers. some said Chicago, some said. Um, I'm trying to remember, can't really. Oh, some said I. Has, I saw the Dolphins, and the only team like I agree with those teams, but the team I would really like him to be on is the Broncos because I felt like him and Jerry Judy would um do well and they would grow together. That's that's the team I really wouldn't see Deshaun Watson play for. Okay.
2: Sounds fair. Yeah, I mean, off of that, like the Broncos, like their offense, really all they're missing is the quarterback to that equation. Like Jerry Judy, man. Melvin Gordon, like and that's a, they, that's, a, that's an offense I can put up, you know, a sturdy 27 to 30 points a game.
0: That, that's a scary, that's a scary move right there. Honestly, the Tua has been mentioned with the whole trade package of the Dolphins, between the Dolphins and the Texans. you know, they could trade Tua, you know, and some picks for Deshaun Watson, Um, you know, in a return. I don't know how you guys feel about that in particular, but I don't know. Deshaun Watson going going to the Dolphins? How you guys think about that? Is that something that uh, excites you? Like, Jonah, I'm going to swing it to you, Jonah. Like, like, what's your thoughts on that?
2: I mean, I feel like the the Dolphins don't have to do that because I feel like Tua is – I mean, I'm not going to say he's, you know, proven, but it looks like he's – you know, it looks like he can hang in his league. So, you know, he's going to need some more development, obviously. He's not, you know, the complete package right now, but – Um, From what I've seen in college and what I've seen this first year, like the dual threat abilities, like it it seems like and he's you know, he just played this, the majority of this season. So he has that experience. He has that chemistry with his offense, with his teammates going into next year. I feel like maybe one more year of tutelage under, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick and, you know, he's ready to go. And you got the number three overall pick. like, you can use that to get, you know, offensive linemen, you can use that to get another weapon. You know, you can focus on it. Like, the Dolphins can do whatever they want right now. Like, they're in a the good position right now. So, I feel like you don't have to hot shot this trade to get Deshaun Watson. Also, the like, even though Deshaun Watson is a top-ten quarterback, maybe some people might argue him top five. I don't know. But, you know, he is one of the best in the game right now, and he honestly needs to get out of Houston Bad. Well, I mean, because Houston has been doing them dirty for
0: trading away DeAndre Hopkins. Which not
2: was... the, not the like, not the sidetracking, but Houston is just a poorly run franchise right now. Absolutely. Um, ownership is. outer. I really don't want to get into the details, but um, absolutely.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, just look how they've been doing DeAndre Hopkins for years and years with mediocre quarterbacks at the mediocre. Andre
2: Johnson spoke out about it earlier today, and D Hop, who you just mentioned, spoke out about it. Um. Obviously, they seem disgruntled, and for good reason, because especially D Hop just treated poorly, and I feel like Deshaun is getting that same treatment, so he needs to get out. So, I mean, That's for cool. him, for him, it would be a good move for, it, but for the Dolphins, I don't know if they need to make that move. They don't. They don't have to.
0: I mean, Kyrie. So, what's some of the teams you would like Deshaun Watson to potentially get traded to, or he could go to that maximize his strengths? So I can
3: see I can see Jonas view on the Dolphins really because like like you said uh, they just got two out last year and he's still young and they still feel like I'm I'm, I'm sure they still feel like he can he can uh, do something and uh, bring them over the hump. But when you're a team like this that's been knocking on the door like for the playoffs for the past two years, I think you look at a guy like Deshaun Watson and go like, "Yo, he could bring us over the hump right now and keep us in the playoffs for a good like for a good chunk of time for like the next couple years down the line." But um. That's neither here nor there. My like my pick would be definitely the 49ers, simply because they're already like they were already outspoken about not wanting to go um go forward with Jimmy Garoppolo, who uh who had a subpar season. The 49ers had a subpar season, uh, strictly because of injuries. They just had a whole bunch of injuries on both sides of the ball. But um, I could definitely see Deshaun Watson going there. They get they have guys like uh Brandon Ayu, uh Debo Samuel, and their uh, George Kittle, of course, and their defense is nasty. They just have to. They just have to stay healthy, and I can see him bringing them back to get tension, maybe for another Super Bowl like they were last year.
0: I definitely love that idea, though. That would be a great fit for Deshaun Watson. I mean, okay, so I, I
2: just want to point out because you know, with a team like the Forty ers that's dealt with just injury after injury, that draft stock. I mean, yeah, you're getting. You know what I mean, you're getting Deshaun Watson. Wait, hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, the Texans will be giving up draft picks. All right, I'm tripping. Never mind. I'm thinking the Niners are getting they're getting Deshaun Watson. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> All
0: right. Let's say. All right. So everyone got their own different picks. Uh, I'm gonna go with you, Chris. You didn't get the chance to really speak on your mind, you know, what potential trades uh Deshaun Watson, I mean potential teams he could end up to what team would you like to see him on the most that'll maximize his abilities. I mean the what's two, you- two. Uh, if Chicago wants any chance to keep an Allen Robinson, they better try to make a trade for Deshaun Watson. Oof. I mean, so who would they? Who they give up? So they would give up who? Who wow. would they give? Whoever you have to, whoever <laughs> you have to, it doesn't matter who. They need a quarterback. They wants one wants to leave Houston. Give them draft picks. Give them a player. Give them whatever you want. If you want, if you want Allen Robinson to stay in Chicago, you better find a way to get Deshaun. Deshaun Watson, another, another, one I thought about. I think I saw it on the report or not, but I was intrigued by it. Actually, too. I Can't believe I'm actually gonna say this one. It they says they something about Vegas, even mm. though that, even though the least of our worries is a quarterback, mm. the least. But would you trade?
1: Been,
0: would you trade your quarterback for uh, Deshaun? I'm taking. I'm taking. Listen, man. I'm. T- I would take Derek Carr and Day of the Week. That's just my opinion. Mm. But I wouldn't be mad if I had Deshaun Watson on my team. Right. Right. Okay. I, that's all I'm saying. And the another team I was thinking about, I, I don't know if it's gonna happen, but I feel like I saw the report, the Carolina Panthers. Because that team is that team is almost set up just like how the Texans offense was set up. They got it. Well, it's this this time, but this time though, just imagine the Sean aaron Aaron Foster back there in this prom. Yeah, that would have been oof, that'd have been scary. That's a scary sight. It's so awesome. Christian McCaffrey, Rob, robbie Anderson, and um, I forgot his name, DJ Moore. DJ Moore, oh man. That's crazy. Now, no. and I, I get the, and I get that the teams I said mainly need more. Well, the Bears need a quarterback. I know get the Panthers and the Raiders need more defense than offense. But I'm just saying, for a team like the Panthers, they're already rebuilding. This is already young. Now, just add another young quarterback to that young talent that's already somewhat excelling. And I, it's not like I'm not a fan of you, Bridgewater. But I think it, I think of him as maybe. I mean, he. He did okay. He didn't have a bad year, but he might be more so of a backup at this point. But like I said, he might prove me wrong. He could prove me wrong, but I was saying, if that's the case, though, for uh, Chicago and Carolina, I would try to get to Sean Watson. I think he'd be the best for those of the teams. Or and the other one, be, be, be the 49ers easily.
2: Yeah, I had my thoughts mixed up. My bad. I was thinking of the 49ers because there's such an injury, you know, riddled team. Why would they give up so much draft stock? that could really come in handy for a team like them whose roster is kind of uncertain right now. You got, you know, aging, Richard Sherman, you know, a lot of injury prone guys, you're going to need that, that depth.
3: So that's, that's
2: what I meant to say.
0: Sounds fair. I mean, yeah, you
3: are coming out with that, but I, being that uh, it's in San San Francisco, I feel like that's a desirable destination and they'll have Deshaun Watson there and it'll just be a whole new look. I feel like that could definitely attract free agents. Both glue guys and like like power guys that like you would need to balance it out.
2: What's their cap situation looking like
3: though? That I'm, I'm not sure I would have to I would have to look deep into that. Okay.
0: All right, pretty good ideas for uh, Deshaun Watson. So I mean, that's if you know the Texans could rebuild their relationship. It probably doesn't look like, probably doesn't look like it. But you know, those are definitely some great teams. Definitely keep that in mind. We'll definitely touch on that a little bit later on. You know, if that potentially happens. But that concludes episode twenty-four of the Restricted Zone Podcast. And I want to thank everyone for taking the time out today to listen to us, Upstarts. We greatly appreciate it. You can follow us on Apple. Google Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud. We will have a pop being in the f- uh, future. Please be on the wait on that. A lot of people been asking for pop being. We will have pop being on there. Uh, and you know, you can also follow us individually on Instagram. I put that inside the whole description uh, beneath the episode, so you can ask us questions, ask us what topics you think we should cover, and we'll definitely do our best to definitely get to those and and, and keep you guys happy. So, uh, thanks a lot, Mar, Jonah, Kyrie. Chris, I appreciate all you guys for coming on today's episode. And (laughs) can't wait. And definitely uh, next episode is going to be just as fun. So everyone have a blessed day. Be safe and enjoy the rest of your night or morning, depending on wherever you are.
1: Thank you.